So we are here for another great episode on the Black Equity Podcast. I'm your host, DJ Motri with the Black Equity Network. And we are here today to kind of give our recap and review and answer any questions. We're also live on IG to answer any questions around the latest release uh, for the culture, uh, The Banker. Uh, Also, there was a Madam C.J. Walker um, show that came on Netflix. I've had an opportunity to to view both over the last 24 to 48 hours. And so I want to kind of dive into some of the things that I noticed um, and then also what the people are noticing, you know, what are, what is, what is the culture paying attention to? What has kind of stood out? Uh, We are live on IG. We have had uh, one request uh, to come on the show. So let me see if that person uh, is trying to jump on now, uh, see if they have anything to add to the conversation before we dive into uh, everything that we're doing. Brother, how are you doing? I'm, I'm wonderful. Uh, state your name. If you want to give your IG name, uh, just state your name, where you're from, and then let's, let's, let's see what's on your mind. Much, man. Me and my wife, we're, we started traveling down this uh, passive income uh, route. Uh, so, so we have room photo booth. We're here in Houston. It's pretty much like a, a extravagant photo booth. Uh, and then we do parties, quinceañeras, all type of events. Uh, I want to think, man, pick your brain on the stocks right now. I don't know if you are uh, taking part in that, but, man, I'm trying to get people's opinions that I respect on mm-hmm. what do we need to be dumping our money into right now because I feel like the only way to go right now is up on the stocks. I can see that. Um, so let me ask you this. Have you invested in stocks prior to today or is this something you've been doing? This is something I do um, probably twice a month. When I get paid, okay. I pay myself um, and I put into a CD and an IRA mm-hmm. uh, through my bank. And, and then my wife, man, she gives me an allowance that I get to spend on, on buying stock. So that's pretty much where I'm at right now. I do research on the companies that I follow, and that, that's pretty much my route right now. Like if, if I read the news or I get an update, I'll look into it and see pretty much what the white – right now I'm looking at the White House. The stock market is, is reacting to the White House. Mm-hmm. Like, Everything that they say and do. Yeah, whatever's yeah. going on with the White House, I guess that's the way the stock market's going. So that's where I've been going lately. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to really think of stacking my portfolio up right now with uh, the things that we're going to need after this crisis. Yes, so that's smart. I know, I know the airplanes, they're getting bailed out. I don't, usually I don't talk my portfolio, but man, it's, it's, it's more, but I guess whoever wants to know, then it's up to them. Well, that, you know, that ties in because on today's episode of Black Equity Podcast, we're going to be talking about the new show that came out, The Banker, and also uh, Madam C.J. Walker. Uh, it ties in because this is all about generational wealth. So what I would say, I, everybody's going to have a bias when it comes to investing and what they do. I am what they call a fund of a fund kind of guy. And here's what, here's what I mean. 
I believe in investing in funds, not actually investing in directly into a stock. Here's why. And I actually, the, I heard this was on, uh, to give a shout out to Earn Your Leisure podcast. They had, um, oh yeah, they're definitely the truth. And I know some people who listen to our podcast, listen to theirs and vice versa. So awesome. But they were actually on there. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. Um, he His company is Red Panda. Uh, and he was talking about stocks. And anyway, he was he had this great analogy. And so this is not my analogy. This is his. He says... Is it Wall No, but he, he had a good episode too. But this was uh, the most recent stock person they had. I can't think of his name right now. But uh, he had a great analogy. He said, when you invest in a stock, it's like, uh, you know, picking one player, uh, one player to change your franchise in the NBA. But when you invest in a fund, it's like picking an all-star team. Because now you've got 20 stocks working in your favor. And so I do have a list of funds uh, that I've been paying close attention to. I can't get to it now, because if I do, then, of course, I'll get out of the live. What I will do is after we record this, I will put a uh, link in the uh, description uh, in our bio. And it's going to have a list of a, a screenshot or a list of the top 10 funds to invest in through the stock market. And then of course you can research them and look at them and see which one kind of fits you. Each one has its own, uh, categories. Some are focused in technology. Some are kind of diversified all over the place. Some is just software. Uh, some is uh, some is like uh, utilities, oil. And so, I would recommend. Just I'm biased. I would recommend looking at building an all-star team with one swoop. Uh, find a fund that is directly into some of the things you're talking about. What are people going to need over the next? 15, 20 years, find that fund that has a mixture of those different things and then decide if that is what you, what you want, if it matches your criteria, especially wall street trapper always talks about looking at the highs and the lows and seeing uh, how you can get in on those, get in on the lows. Um, Don't buy too close to the 52 week high. So just take a lot of those different things into consideration um, with that. I, I know I'm not giving you something specific, but hopefully that will that will uh, help you out a little bit. My only thing with that, I'm, I'm sorry to keep you. I'm, I'm not You're fine. Um, but with the index funds, is, is that what you're referring to? The index funds or? Yeah, I, I believe that's there's index funds and then there's uh, ETFs. But yes, yeah. basically, go ahead. So I'm with I'm with Vanguard uh, in that in that field. Um, but my main thing with that is. Sure, sure. But I feel like with those, because they're taking chances at investing in so many, uh, it kind of defeats the purpose of uh, pretty much knowing what you're playing with. Like, if you're winning from some of the stocks that they have invested in, aren't you still taking up even, well, taking a chance at taking a bigger loss by the, the stocks that don't do well with the ones that they invested in? 
No, it makes perfect sense. That's why you got to know what fund you're getting into. Because if you're getting into a fund that has a lot of suspect companies that they're investing in, then I would stay away from that. But at the same time, just because you're invest, I want to go to your earlier point about, you know, spreading yourself thin. Just because you're investing in one or two funds, that doesn't mean you still can't invest in two, three or four stocks. You, you can do both. And so what I would do is I always believe in harmony and balance. And so I'm not going to be too deep into 25 stocks when I can buy 25 stocks through one fund. And I, I don't want to be in just one fund when I can also get this really good stock that is uh, right at $14 right now. And we know it's going to shoot back up to $50 in the next five years. And so I want to be in my favorite word in business is both or all. I, do, I never want to get pigeonholed into only being able to do one thing. What the funds allows me to do is, yes, I get to be in 30 companies. I get to be in the, in the game and I, 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 I'm spreading my opportunities thin, but I'm also spreading my risk thin because now, now I'm, I'm in everything in that, that field. And then, and then I can be in these, these two or three that I definitely know I want to be in instead of trying to be in 30 different companies and not being in, in the fund at all. And then, you know, maybe out of those 30, only three or four hit. The three or four that I knew were going to hit. Yeah, because we don't, I don't have a team that's managing all of my, my portfolio. So that, that does make sense. Okay, I see it. Definitely makes sense. Okay, and, and, just, and just to add one more thing to it, that's what, that's what the big dogs are doing. Very few, uh, very few major traders out there are going in and saying, I'm going to buy this one particular, or maybe they'll have that one stock, but they're not going in saying, I'm going to buy 20 different stocks. They're doing the, the fund that gives me, gives them their, their 20 stocks. And then they're saying, okay, these are the four or five that I, I want to focus on as my individual investments. I appreciate it. How long? How long have you been in business now? You said you, it's it's a it's a upscale uh, photo booth. Position yourself, man. You pos you're positioning yourself for your prosperity, and there's nothing to feel guilty about that. Some people did not position themselves; they weren't ready. Um, what I would say is, make sure you tag us on IG so that we can support your business. Um, I, I can't promise I will repost everything that you tag us on, but any if if I see something that that makes sense for that day, that uh, what I try to do is I try to curate our 
our IG to that moment of what's happening, what's going on in the culture. And so if I see something that, that makes sense, we'll repost it. Let's get some more people uh, supporting your businesses and supporting your movement. And then let us know, um, you know, how that, that fund and how those stocks are going, man. We want to keep in touch with you. My man, I definitely will, man. I'll see you request on the, man, pretty much all my other profiles. Man. Okay. But definitely, man, I'll do the same uh, with you, man. And, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it, man. Uh, did you get a chance to watch The Banker or uh, the Madam C.J. Walker show? No, I haven't. Okay. Man, I, got, I got plenty of time now. Like, I, I got the weekend, and I don't even know. I don't know what's going on Monday, but I got plenty of time to binge watch a bunch of things that I need to catch up on. The Banker is really good. Hopefully someone else will uh, comment, because we're going to have the rest of the episode on uh, The Banker and the Madam C.J. Walker project. Uh, check out the banker, man. Check out the banker because they they giving you major game of of how to play play the real estate game, how to play business, uh, and the things that a lot of people had to go through for us to be entrepreneurs and investors in in today's world. So definitely check out the banker on Apple uh, Plus, I believe it is. Okay, I can do that, man. I, I stay up until like two or three in the morning doing watching stuff like that anyway. Perfect, yeah. perfect. All right, brother. All right, peace. All right. So, uh, wow, that's, that's a, that's a really great, uh, conversation. Has anyone had a chance to, to view, um, view the banker? We'll see if we have any questions coming in yet and I'll give my take on the banker towards the end. Uh, let's see. So what things will be needed after the crisis? What things will be needed after the crisis? Uh, the number one thing that's going to be needed after the crisis is simply intelligence. The number one thing that's going to be needed after the crisis is intelligence. You're going to need to be very aware of where the opportunities are so you can provide a service for people who need that opportunity. Intelligence is going to be key here. Understanding markets is going to be key here. Understanding the the basic necessities of what people need is going to be key here. How to serve your people is going to be key here. Uh, Professor Rock Bit D will be in big demand. Uh, the Guru Roar, Warrior. I would invest in a company that makes Pelicanil. That's the meds they are using for. Uh, COVID-19. Okay, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Uh, is there anything else? Uh, anyone have anything? Okay, so let me kind of give it into my um, my takeaway from The Banker. Now, The Banker is starring Samuel L. Jackson. You got uh, Neil Long in there. I can't remember the other brother's name, who's, who's the star of it, but obviously you can pull up the banker and see who's starring in it. There was a lot of controversy earlier uh, in 2019. It was supposed to come out on Apple Plus. They, it was supposed to come out at the launch of Apple Plus alongside some of the shows they had, but then there was a controversy with uh, the um, with, I guess, the, the person who was making the movie with some type of sexual allegations in real life, that that person may have did something. It was, it was a big thing. But no matter what, it came out on the movies and uh, movie theaters. And now it's coming uh, on Apple Plus TV uh, now. And so 
a lot of people in the culture have been waiting for this movie because the premise is these two black investors aren't able during um, the early 1900s, they weren't able to, um, I believe I have my dates right. They weren't able to um, invest in real estate because they're black. And so, um, because it would be diff- it would be difficult for people to want to work with them, so they have someone white uh, represent them in order to acquire real estate and acquire uh, the different things that they're doing, and then of course acquire a bank. And so, it was a very interesting story. And then of course it's based on a true story. And so, whenever it's based on a true story, of course you know there's going to be some fabrications, but uh, for the most part, you 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 get to learn something, even if it's not based on a true story, you can learn the game. And so I want to kind of, you know, talk about maybe the top three things that I learned. So the first thing I learned, and of course you can chime in uh, for the banker um, or Madam CJ Walker, but I'm going to talk about the banker first. So for the banker, here are the, here's the top two or three things I learned. Number one, lesson that I learned from this movie, um, the banker, the number one thing that I learned from the banker is you gotta be very creative in business. It's not business. Isn't business is all about relationships, but it's also about how creative can you be? How can you outthink other people in business? So you don't necessarily play the same game that everybody else is playing. That's one of the things that I noticed with this banker situation is they had to get very creative in order to thrive, not survive. See, when you, when you're just trying to survive, you ain't got to get creative. You just do what everybody else is doing. If you just want to be status quo, you just kind of follow the herd and do what the herd is doing and say, Hey, we live the life of, of survival and we made it through, you know, I'm 80, 90 years old now. I made it through. I didn't, I didn't ruffle any feathers. I did exactly what I, what was required of me. And that's it. But when you're trying, when you're trying to thrive, when you're trying to thrive, you got to get creative. And that means you may do things that most people aren't doing. You would have to think a lot differently than how other people are thinking. That's the first thing that stood out to me with the banker, not to give away the movie at all, because I want you to go watch it. The first thing that I noticed was, man, in order to thrive, you have to get creative. The second thing that stood out to me uh, with this movie is you rise up to the level of the people that are around you or fall down to the level of the people are around you. You rise up to the level of people around you and you fall down to the level of people around you. Who you have around you is going to either elevate you or sink you. Now, that sounds simple enough. People have been saying that for years, but I'm just telling you what's in the movie. You have a situation where somebody knew nothing about banking they knew nothing about investing they knew nothing about any of this but because of the people he had around him he was able to acquire 
alongside them. He was able to go do things that he had never done before because they lifted him up. They lifted the man up to a level he had never been to, and he saw things that he never would have seen if somebody didn't give him an opportunity. And it happened several times in the movie where there was a moment of, you know, staying at plateau or being lifted up. But also you find in the movie is who you have around you could pull you down. The the very people that could be, that you lift up, if they don't have the necessary character and the, and the things in place, the ethics, you could be lifted, you could be pushed down to a, to a level below uh, where your mentality is. And so one of the things that I would really encourage people to do is do an inventory on their circle. How do you do an inventory on your circle? That would be the number one question I ask. How do you do an inventory on your circle? Because your circle is going to determine if you go up or if you fall down. Right? No, uh, we're not talking about the pursuit of happiness. We're talking about the banker right now that we're going to get to the Madam C.J. Walker uh, project that was on Netflix. So right now I'm talking about the banker. And so my second point is you will be lifted up based off the people that are around you. And you will be pulled down based off the people that are around you. Now that sounds simple enough and they've been saying it for years, but I'm just telling you what's in the movie. But how do you do inventory on your circle? Where the first question you got to ask when it comes to your circle is, what vision does this person have for the future? Where are they trying to go? Not where are they now? Because, see, you can block your blessing by paying too close attention to where people are now. Where is this person trying to go? Because if you and I are going in the same direction, we should go together. Maybe. Maybe. That just... If we're going in the same direction, that gets us a step closer. That doesn't guarantee that you and I are going in the same, going together. But if we're going in, in the same direction, at least we got one part of the equation right. A second thing to consider when it comes to checking inventory of your circle. Are these people are these people okay with you succeeding without without them? Are those are the people in your circle okay with you succeeding without you necessarily doing it with them? Or are they always going to be jealous and upset every single time you make moves that don't involve them? Are they going to get envious? Are they going to want to uh, be pulled up faster than they're really ready for? That's another thing we find in this movie. And once again, my goal is not to necessarily tell you what the movie was and give you a full review. My, my job is to pull the wisdom out of it. And so here's a third way that I would uh, check the inventory of my, my circle. The third way I would check the inventory of, of, of my circle, do they have a circle of their own or am I all they have? Do they have a circle of their own or am I all they have? 
if I am all they have, then that, that to me, that's a dangerous territory. I keep seeing, I keep seeing, and it can go both ways. Because see, if somebody else has a circle of their own, then how do you know they're going to be loyal to you? And there's two ways to look at this thing. And I'm not saying either one is right or wrong. Just showing you the game that I see in my mind. Would I rather have someone who is reliant on me and has no other circle? Or would I rather have someone who is somewhat loyal to me and has their own circle? Which one would I rather have? Most people would say they would rather have someone who's in their circle and doesn't have anyone else. I disagree. Here's why. I think I would rather have someone who's some, somewhat loyal to me and has their own thing going because I get to see how they treat other people. When somebody's only around you, you'd never get to really study how they treat people because they're only around you. So they can smile all day. Everything can be fun when things are up. But when things go down, you'll never really know how they treat people. But if they have a circle of their own, how do they how do they treat their circle? Is everybody eating? Is everybody happy? How do they talk to the people that are around them? <clears throat> These are the questions I would have when I'm in, when I'm doing inventory on my circle. So we have a question coming in. What if that one person in a circle positively impacts the rest of the circle on a large scale? What if the what if that one person in the circle positively impacts the rest of the circle on a large scale? Are you referring to this is from Professor Rock? My question back to that, Professor Rock, before I answer that, is are we talking about a, the one person in a circle who is contributing on a large scale is that is this circle the only circle they have or do they also have another circle that they're contributing to at a large scale because then that's going to help me determine which direction i want to go in with that question and this is just my preference i'm not saying that you have to go in this direction of thinking i'm just i'm just going based off of what i watched in the movie the wisdom that i picked up and then my life experiences. I do want to have a circle of loyal people, diehard people, and we're building something together. I do want that. But if I don't know how they treat other people, then do I really know them? So Professor Rock comes back and says, yes, they only have one circle. And so to remind everybody, earlier Professor Rock asked, what if that one person in the circle positively impacts the rest of the circle on a large scale? And yes, they only have one circle. For me, it's wonderful, and I'm not necessarily kicking them out. I said check inventory on your circle. I didn't say get rid of anyone. I'm just, I, the, the biggest thing right now is to be aware. Because I think a lot of people have so many people around them and they don't even like know who's around them. It's just a person and a face and, and they know their name, but they don't know, like, they don't know. So yes, this person makes a huge contribution. But what are their morals and what are their ethics? 
because you find in the movie the person put in a, a huge contribution, but morals and ethics got in the way. So uh, I I binge Francine. I just go Francine. That's the only oh and Francine. I have a question. The circle has to be leaders or one leader and followers. That is up for you to create. That's a great question. So the question is, I have, if I have a question, the circle has to be leaders or one leader and followers. I believe this is black equity podcast. I believe in equity relationships, equitable relationships. I believe everybody should be their own leader. In a, in a circle. That's why I want them to have their own circle. Here's what I mean. Let, let's give like, let's give like some context and some understanding. If I'm a business owner and we're, I'm about to go into this venture with someone, I want to work with three other business owners. They got their own thing separate from what we about to create. That's what I, that's what I envision, like, okay, let, let, if we're going to go do this thing, whatever that is, let's say we're going to do a joint venture and go out after, uh, say we're going to start our own shoe company and take on Nike. I'm just using an example, y'all. I probably would not go that, that route. But let's say we're going to take on Nike and we, we got, you know, uh, four people who are all great at something else. Maybe you got one person who's really great at advertising. You got one person who's really great at um, merchandising. You got another person who's really great at connections. And you got another person who's putting up the money. They're all, all four are vital pieces to each other. What I want is four different people having their own empires, doing their own thing, coming together to, to join up, to do this thing together. But I don't want, it's just me. I don't want this to be your only thing. The reason why I don't want that, everybody can want what they want. I don't want this to be your only thing because I want to see what your track record is prior to us joining up. I want to see what your track record is prior to us joining up. So that's why I'm choosing four business owners who already are already specialists in their area. And they also bring resources with them outside of just themselves. They have a staff. They have people around them. They're bringing something to the table beyond themselves. So if they get sick or something happens, I've also gained their network, not just them. And they don't have to necessarily be business owners in order to be doing their own thing, but have your own thing outside of the circle. Just my opinion here. You can do it any way you want to. So uh, Francine also asked, oh, is there a friend circle? Is this a friend circle or a business circle? Well, in this day and age, a lot of times it's usually a hybrid. Um, it's usually a hybrid. Usually friends are get, starting businesses together and business people become friends. Um, but I'm referring to business. But I find that a lot of times when you end up doing really good business with people, they become really good friends. I find that to be true. Not all the time, but I find that to be true. Uh, and so, yes, I agree. Awesome question. Uh, how would you cut the funds to get along with 
how would you cut the funds and get along with the the other options, other opinions? I'm not sure about that question. Would you sign a contract deal with others? I'm not sure. I, I need more context, Francine, so I can make sure I'm understanding. I'll keep talking about the banker and see if we get a little bit more context so I can understand what, what you're referring to. Um, so back back to my overall theme of the, the banker, and then we'll get into Madam C.J. Walker and a couple of pieces of wisdom I picked up there. Overall, I really enjoyed the banker. It teaches you a lot about uh, real estate investment, uh, a little bit about uh, the banking world, um, but mostly about relationships and who can you trust and who you, who can you not trust? Because this all came down to trust. This all came down to who do you have around you and why do you have them around you? And when the, when the ish hits the fan, who's still going to be standing there and who's not? So if you are a Black-owned business or an investor and you would like to advertise on our show, go ahead and send us a message at djm at djmoultrie.com. Now, back to the show. Let's get into the Madam C.J. Walker. Um, the, the Madam C.J. Walker limited series on Netflix. So you can, of course, look up the cast, but you have uh, uh, Viola. Is it Viola Davis? What's, what's, what's the lady's name? Can't think of that lady's name. And then you have um, um, Tiffany Haddish. Uh, it was actually a really good cast. It was, a, it was a good cast of people that were on there. You can look it up. But um, there's a lot of people who were upset off the jump with Madam C.J. Walker. If you don't know, supposedly Madam C.J. Walker was the first, they say the first African-American um, woman millionaire. Um, yeah, that's a whole nother <laughs> discussion uh, as far as being African-American and all that. That's just a deep conversation. But, okay, so let's dive into this. So she's in the hair care business. She's building her empire. And people are upset because they're saying, well, how dare you um, have a Madam C.J. Walker movie or show and have her going toe-to-toe with another black woman as her arch enemy? And there, a lot of I saw a lot of commentary saying that they weren't enemies or something. I don't know how true any of this is. I wasn't there, so there's a there's there's some some juicy stuff for the history books to look at to see if this is even you know legitimate. But there were some pieces of wisdom that I picked up. Let me get into this. The first piece of wisdom that I picked up from the Madam C.J. Walker uh, project was simply. Black men and black women, divine masculinity and divine femininity must coexist and work together in order to prosper at its highest level. Let me just say this for the people that are listening. There's a lot of divide and conquer in our community. There are many platforms that are all about um, only being black, black women supporting black women, and I haven't seen as much, but I'm sure there are platforms where it's it, they may not say it's black men supporting black men, but it, it kind of feels that way. It's the boys' club, and so I have an issue with that. 
we are not going to succeed as a community if it's the women over here and the men over here. What I noticed was a lot of what was happening back in the early 1900s is happening now in the early whatever, the 2000s, 2020, right? So there's this idea of we're going to, you know, the, the, the black women are, you know, are going to go and, you know, go do their own thing. They're going to start their own funds and go do their own thing because, you know, black women receive the least amount of, you know, VC funding and, and capital raising in this, in the space. I'm talking about right now. And so women are going off and doing their own thing and men are going off and doing their own thing. But I wonder what would happen if we all gather together and work together. Imagine how much further Madam C.J. Walker, her empire would have went if she had actually partnered with more black companies. I saw towards the end, she ended up partnering with a white company. But imagine if there were like a, another black company she could partner with, maybe a, a man's company, a black man's company that could elevate her brand. Imagine that. But this is during a time where they had black women in the kitchen and the black men were out front talking and, and networking. And so they didn't necessarily value their women. And so therefore the women stood up and at least Madam CJ Walker. And she, she was on a, she was on a war path, at least in the movie. I'm not sure about in real life, but she was on a war path to, to kind of prove that women were just as good as, as black men, if not better type of attitude, which I do believe, I mean, we need each other. <laughs> so it's not, I never viewed it that way. I never viewed who's better black men or black women type of thing, but there's this narrative in the culture that is a little bit alarm is getting, is getting out of hand. It's a little alarming to where there's a gender war and the Madam C.J. Walker project shows it a hundred years later. And here we are once again, where there's podcasts out there now where it's all about women and then there's podcasts where it's the boys club. And of course there are podcasts that have a mixture of both. If we don't work together, we are really going to look back at ourselves and say, wow, nothing has changed in 100 years. And 100 years from now, we'll look back and be like, wow, nothing changed in 200 years. Because black men, entrepreneurs, and black women, entrepreneurs and investors, and black men, entrepreneurs and investors, if, if we don't work together, we're doomed. One of the reasons why we have not been working together is we don't trust each other. We don't necessarily trust each other because we don't want to be vulnerable with each other and tell the truth. We don't want to tell the truth that we don't have it all together. And that there's something else in play that is potentially harming us and attacking us. We don't want to have that conversation if we're, if we're just being honest. The Madam C.J. Walker project showed me that the black woman 
the black woman movement, I mean, it's awesome. And I wish all of you nothing but success. But I've met a lot of you digitally and in person. And this attitude of we don't need black men, it's going to be the demise of our culture if we don't get it together. Divine masculine energy must co-create with divine feminine energy. It's the only way, man. Black men and black women must work together. If we are too busy infighting, then what's going to happen is Madam C.J. Walker, this is just the movie, of course. We don't know exactly what happened. But Madam C.J. Walker sure straightened up when she was in front of white investors and in front of white men. She didn't talk to white men the way she talked to black men. I'm just being honest. Madam C.J. Walker, just in the show, of course. Who knows? You know, it's just a, a show. She was quick. She was quick to yap out the mouth when it was somebody who wasn't important. If it wasn't Booker T. Washington, Madam C.J. Walker was talking to men like they weren't shit. They were beneath her because that's how black men talked to her. Black men in, in, the, in the show, okay? I'm just, I'm just taking the show. I'm not saying that it's actual facts. But in the show, black men probably talked to her a certain type of way. So then she taught the black men a certain type of way. But then when it's a black man that she respects and is is revered and could possibly use him to get her business up and running, Booker T. Washington. Oh, now she wants to be nice. But as soon as Booker T. Washington didn't necessarily say the things that she liked, even though he was probably was wrong for doing that, even though he was wrong, he might've been wrong. But when she didn't like what she, when she didn't like something, then oh, that person became their, her enemy. Once again, it's just a show. So I'm not saying this is who she is. I'm just talking about the show and what I picked up. Here's what I picked up. I noticed a lot of Madam C.J. Walkers in today. And yeah, you might go on to be a millionaire. Okay? You you, you might pop off. And you might have a, a really great idea. and You'll be a multi-millionaire. But it's, it's, it's lonely on the top when you stepped on everybody to get there. You disrespected black men all, all the way through and said you didn't need us. And you got all your money from white guys. It's the same. Madam C.J. Walker's story reminds me of today. And I'm happy for Madam C.J. Walker. And maybe that's not how the story really went. And this is just for uh, TV purposes. But you can't go around treating people like they're beneath you in order to feel powerful. And that's the sense I got. And it almost got to the point where Madam C.J. Walker in the show was willing to use everybody she possibly could for her own benefit even if that means discarding people who disagreed with her. Now, I'm not saying she was a bad person. I'm just saying I've noticed that a lot. I've had people, I've had black women entrepreneurs ask me, what am I doing for black women? 
to succeed. Not what am I doing for black culture? Not what am I asking, what am I doing for black boys? But only for the black girls and black women do they care. And it's getting a little bit out of hand. I don't, I'm not sure where this seed has been planted in these minds where it's us versus you. And what are you doing for us? I don't know where this came from, but it's getting out of hand. And it's getting a little disgusting, to be honest with you. It's getting, it's getting disgusting to see black men entrepreneurs and black women entrepreneurs stand in the same room and not speak to each other. But they're the only two black people at the convention. It, 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 it's getting just a tad bit out of hand. So let, let's see who we got here. Uh, they use our culture and study and tell us it's wrong to use it or to even research it. That's true. Uh, that's from Brother Armani. Uh, Professor Rock says, generally, do you think black men and black women believe in the power of co-creating together or do you think the vision is lost? Oh, Professor Rock, how do I say this? I believe black men and black women are too busy trying to date each other. I, I believe they're too busy. Sorry, my phone fell. I, I believe that black women and black uh, men are too busy trying to date each other than to actually co-create. I think they're trying to procreate. And so because they're trying to procreate, I'm not saying everybody, but I believe that a lot of people are trying to procreate. And so they never actually do any business. They just do uh, personal dealings with each other. And so nothing is actually born of that conversation because they're too busy looking at each other from a different dimension, looking at each other for other means. And it becomes a, a, a more of a relationship conversation than anything else not to say that we shouldn't be in relations with each other and build with each other but that's but that should not get in the way of building empires just my personal opinion Uh, armani i think it's lost and we all should uh hello them find it find it again somehow some way not sure what you're saying there even if her portrayed attitude was only artistic license that visionary dynamic is harmful to the culture uh that's from hogstar hogstar uh visual dynamic not visionary so yeah even if even if what madam tj walker did in real life has nothing to do with this show it's out there now and there's black women are are watching the madam tj walker thing and they're like well yeah that's how you become a millionaire you got to treat people this way in order to become a millionaire oh it's just disgusting and i'm not saying she was all bad because she also had arch enemies and you're you're rooting for her against other people so but i just saw the way she was speaking to black men and how some black men treated her you know there was a black man that tried to take advantage of her and he's wrong for that too i'm not saying that she was I'm not saying that her character didn't have any type of reason to be acting this way. I'm sure it was in reaction to the climate that was happening. But I just find it funny that that same climate is happening now. There are some black women through social media and and whatever, they won't even talk to you if you're a black man because they only work with black women or they only work with women. 
I don't know. And maybe they had experiences and there's, there's reasons for it. And they, I, I don't know why this, this is, but that's the biggest thing I took away from this is, man, imagine if all those people had worked together and they didn't look at each other for their genders. And that, that actually came up in the Baker too. You know, Neil Long character said, you know, the way you treat me is the same way the white man treats you. And so in both, in both, um, projects there's a big there's a there's a big circle that we got to look at something's being circled here for us to pay attention to the black man and black woman relationship in business culture and otherwise must be strengthened if we're going to go to where we're trying to go to it has to be strengthened all right francine says do you think her movie trying to make a point for people to, to wake up uh okay madam cj walker wake up i didn't feel a sense of waking up that's not the message i got from and i got a message of this is how you become a millionaire i'm just being honest with you i didn't get a sense of she 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 was wrong in how she treated anybody i feel like she felt like she had to be tougher than everybody else in order to get things done. And I feel like a lot of people are going to view that and say, I'm going to be just like her. That's what I got from it. I did not get a sense of anyone ever called her out on her BS. You don't go around treating people that way. She was talking to, you know, her, her, her uh, staff and her, you know, she didn't even necessarily even value uh, the actual CJ Walker. I don't think she really valued him. Of course, he did some dirt towards the end, too. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think she even valued her actual husband. I just, I'm just Based off the show. I'm just talking about the show. I don't know what happened in real life. Based off the show, she had a vision of what she wanted, and she was willing to do whatever it took, no matter how mean or nasty she had to be, even if it meant stealing an idea. She, you know, a lot of what she, yeah, you got to watch it. They're saying that she may even stole some ideas to get to where she is. <coughs> so it, it, it's, um, it was a great movie or, you know, limited series on Netflix. It was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, but if we're just being honest, you can't be a pit bull. You can't. I'm not saying black women can't be strong. I'm not saying be weak. I'm not saying um, you got to bow down to men or anything like that. And I'm not saying black men should talk to black women any type of way. But there got to be a better way to get to a million dollars and be a multimillionaire than to steal ideas, treat your husband like crap. <clears throat> and anytime someone doesn't like what you do, you try to go to war with them. I'm just being honest. There gotta be a better way to a million than that. And so I don't know what it was really like back then, but based off this show, I'm happy that Madam CJ Walker did what she had to do. And she she got all the things she wanted to do. But if it's true 
that she stole that idea to get this this business popping and then try to convince other people that she was right for doing it. Nah, homie. That's not black equity at all, man. That's not black equity at all. I I I can't support I can't support I I know this is supposed to be a story of triumph and we're supposed to be happy for Madam CJ Walker and you know her legacy. But I need to know if she really stole that idea or not. If if she stole that idea in a time where we talk about intellectual property, and and so intellectual property people are probably saying, yeah, well, you got to copyright your stuff. You got to have everything patented. It, honestly, I think old girl who was about to sue her should have sued Madam C.J. Walker. She she should have sued her and won that case. I I can't be the only person that's thinking that. There there has to be a better way to becoming a millionaire than to do what Madam C.J. Walker is doing in that TV show. You don't have to step on every single person in order to get to where you got to get to. You don't have to steal ideas. You don't have to ish on everybody that you come across. You don't have to talk down to every single person in order to get the bag. I can't be the only person that believes this. I can't be the only person that's thinking this way. But I do have a sneaky suspicion that there's going to be a lot of people who look at the Madam C.J. Walker Netflix series and they're going to be like, yeah, that's how you do it. You got to take charge. You got to run this thing. This ain't this. This no longer a man's world. You know, we got to run things now. And I can I can feel that. And OK, you may be right. It, sh- it shouldn't be a man's world. I could agree with that. But treating people like they're beneath you. Uh-uh, I can't go. I don't care if you're a man. Or, this is not even about man or woman. I'm just talking about business. So what I would encourage everybody to do, go watch, go watch the Madam C.J. Walker Netflix show. You tell me if I'm tripping. Because I'm seeing a person who's stealing ideas, who treats her husband like crap, who talks down to her staff, and is willing to do whatever she can to get to that multi-million dollar level. She was even willing to sacrifice her daughter's dream of being her own person in order to have a legacy. All these things are just, to me, out of bounds. Now, once again, this is just a TV show. So they might have added all this stuff in just to make it more interesting. But I'm just talking about the TV show, not her personally, because we don't really know what happened. But that's not a person I would want to do a strategic partnership with. Madam C.J. Walker, the reason why, and I'm going to say this in closing. The reason why Madam C.J. Walker had a very tough time finding investors, the reason why she had a tough time finding people to partner with, and the reason why a lot of people wanted to take her down was the way she treated people. The way you treat people will always come back at you. The energy you put out will be the energy you receive. All right. So before we head out, was there any other questions? Uh, Professor Rock says, I seriously have to see the series now. Uh, Francine says, I have to watch this movie. Um, anybody else? I thought I saw something else earlier. Uh, even a perpetrate attitude. We answered that one. 
do you think black men? We answered that. I thought I saw one more question uh, sneak in here. All right. Uh, Francine says, it's my first time watching you. So is your topic updates on this thing or what your mission? I am very interested. Is your topic updates on this thing? I'm not sure. Do you teach classes? Um, No, I, I don't. That's a good question. Uh, do I teach classes? No, I, I don't teach classes, but I do like working with people that I can be deeply rooted with. And that's not everybody. You know, it really is about uh, energy and frequency. And so if I feel like we have a good energy and a good frequency and we can uh, build something together, empires, I'm all for it. I do believe that the divine masculine energy is supposed to co-create with divine feminine energy. And a lot of people can't understand that concept, which is fine. Uh, it is what it is. Um, but no, I don't teach classes. Because I always have this feeling, and I could be totally wrong, I always have this feeling that those who can't do teach. Now, that could technically be a lie because everybody's teaching everybody something. But if that's all you do is teach and you don't really do anything, I'm not really into that. You know, I'm more into... Um, going out and actually accomplishing things and then talking about the lessons and the wisdom uh, that we learn along the way and then just dropping that wisdom on you. And then if you learn, you learn. But to, you know, sit down and have courses and classes and all these different things, uh, that's just not my my angle. I see a lot of people doing that. And if you do need assistance with um, finding a place to learn certain things, I know a lot of great resources. My job is not to necessarily be the plug uh, to getting what you want. My job is to be the electricity, to make sure that the different things in the culture that are really popping and are are really good for you, they get notified or they get noticed. And so my job is to show you what's out there uh, that's legitimate and real. And then I go and talk to the people that everybody's scared to talk to. And I, I, asked, I asked to work with them and, and, and partner with them. And I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of people that will never make it to this platform because I've tried to work with them and they shut me out. Here's the reason why they shut me out. Oh, this is about to get good. They shut me out because they don't want me to know the truth about them. And they know that they can't control the microphone and they know that I'm going to be on the podcast telling my experiences because that's what the whole point of the podcast is, is to tell my experiences, and then, of course, interview people and learn from their experiences. And if they let me into their boys' club or girls' club, they're not going to know what to do. And so if we're being honest, um, that's something to pay attention to. What's something to pay attention to is simply that a lot of people are not going to want me in their circles because they don't want me to know the truth about their circle. And uh, in the future, I'm going to be talking about some of the circles that I've encountered along my path. But this has been a really great episode of Black Equity Podcast. I'm definitely uh, excited uh, by this. Um, I'm so grateful for the conversations we've been having today. Um, The IG Live has ended. But if you do want to partner with us, right? If you're trying to partner with us by uh, connecting and letting us know about the different things you've got going on, I want you to text Black Equity at 669-238-2434. That's uh, Black Equity to the number 
238-2434. Because what I want you to do is join our digital network. Let us know what you've got going on and let's see how we can work together. You know, we'll try to connect you with the right people. We'll see if there's uh, something that we can work on together. And what I really love about it is it's, it's direct communication. There is no middleman. There's nobody in the middle stopping us. And I believe black men and black women have to, have to work together. This whole being separate thing is not going to work. So let's work together. Let's figure out how to do that. And this has been another great episode of the Black Equity Podcast. I can't wait for everybody to hear this one. All right. So I'm out. And we're going to go ahead and publish this for the culture.